episode 114 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Hi, this is Dick Lipinski. I'm communications director at the Experimental Aircraft Association, EAA, probably best known us for AirVenture, the world's greatest aviation celebration, which happens every year in Oshkosh, except for 2020, unfortunately. Aviation Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams, and this is another non-interview episode. I, I will get more interviews out. If you haven't seen the schedule that I posted on Instagram a couple of days ago, it's up there. But we have a lot of interviews. I posted a, a pretty much a set schedule that me and Kevin, are my editor, who's helping me edit all these, couldn't do this without Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. He's the man. But I, I have a lot of interviews coming out. These two episodes are very timely, and I wanted to make sure that they were put out before they weren't. As timely. So today's episode is with EAA. Uh, as you know, EAA puts on AirVenture, aka Oshkosh 2020, which has been canceled. So I talked with Dick Napinski. Dick was on the podcast previously where we shared his story, talked a little bit more about EAA. But today, specifically just about the decisions that went into making canceling Oshkosh 2020 an actual thing. So this is a very interesting episode. We talk about a lot. We talk about could they have moved it? What were they thinking in the process? When did they know that it was actually going to be canceled? And how did that that communication process start. Also, we talk a little bit about what Oshkosh 2021 is going to be and how crazy and fun that's going to be. So if you enjoy this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Check out our website, pilottopilothq.com. Has links to our swag shop, has links to buy me a coffee or Patreon if you want to support the podcast, which is truly, truly appreciated. Or you can follow us on Instagram from those links as well. Aviation, I don't want to keep you much longer. So without any further ado, here's EAA's Dick Nepinski. Dick, what is going on? Welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Well, it's great to be here, Justin. Um, always enjoy talking with you uh, about airplanes, EAA activities, and everything going on in aviation. I know. Yeah, it seemed, I think we talked last time right after Osh. Maybe it was a couple months afterwards, and we were just reflecting on how great it was and how great of an air venture was in 2019. And we were really talking a lot about what was to come of 2020 and the planning process and that. So uh, we definitely did not foresee you coming back on. I'm sure you didn't either. And explaining to the the public and everyone kind of why it's not happening, what the decision process was, and just why there is no air venture for 2020. So I think it'll be a good talk, and I, I look forward to talking with you. Yeah, Justin, it was um, it is amazing. You think about where we were August and September of 2019. Uh, everybody was on a high, not only from air venture but in general in aviation, and it, it really makes you kind of miss those days when you know our arguments and discussions were on what things you would might regard as kind of trivial right now. But uh, you know, unfortunately for 2020, we did have to cancel EAA AirVenture Oshkosh. Uh, first time in 68 years that we've had to cancel. The event has made it through economic downturns. It made it post 9-11. Even made it through, well, the firing of the air traffic controllers three weeks before the event back in 1981. So, you know, you take a look at all of those things and, you know, made it through bird flu, SARS, MERS, um, all the other things that have come along, Ebola, um, and so forth. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things where it just did not work out. There was not a good option as we looked at all the possibilities to make sure we had the health and safety considered of all our volunteers, of all the attendees, and so forth. And then you took a look at where we were as far as uh, Wisconsin, which has not yet opened up for any kind of small group gatherings, much less large group gatherings. 
And you said, even in July, late July, there was no guarantee that could occur. So all of those things went into that final decision. Yeah. And I just want to clarify, is this the first year since there has been an Oshkosh and Air Venture, whatever you want to call it? Is this the first year that there hasn't been one since the beginning? It is. You know, we, we had a great streak going since 1953. Um, kind of interesting that last year we celebrated our 50th consecutive year in Oshkosh and uh, everybody who came off that one just uh, all fired up and said, what a marvelous week it was. And uh, we had great plans for 2020 and we're moving ahead with those. And suddenly those came to a stop and you know we could kind of see it coming in late January, early February, but you always hope against hope that those kind of things don't turn out to be as bad as uh, prospected. But as time went on, it just made it more and more difficult as we looked at the options to make it happen. Yeah. And you bring up a good point here. You bring up a good uh, talking point where I can segue into uh, the why. So coronavirus obviously started picking up a lot of steam a little bit later than January, but you kind of mentioned that you all were thinking about this at the end of January. What was, what was it that caught your mind? Was it sun and fun going through their process? Was it just uh, what you're hearing from local, uh, the local authorities from you know, the city municipalities, whatever it may be. What was it originally that caught your mind? It was like, Hey, whoa, this is a big deal. And this could really affect what we have going on here. And what was it still seven months out? As the coronavirus started to move from China into other countries, um, you know, we started paying attention to the news saying, this is something that seems to affect a lot of people, seems to affect people in in large communities of large events and so forth. Um, You know, what happens if, is it a situation like with, um, you know, SARS or MERS where it just suddenly seemed to die out on its own. Well, it rapidly became evident as we went into February, it was not. And there was increasing concern in a lot of channels from that. And, you know, how does that go? Well, we started talking to public health officials. And most of them at the time said, uh, just wait and see. You don't have to make a decision now. You're five months out. Uh, let's see what happens with this. If there's uh, something that the health officials can do, uh, the medical community can do, Well, we all know how it kind of projected and progressed um, through February, March, and into April. And uh, again, that became part of our thinking. It was one of those things where you went from discussing it once or twice a week to something where the senior leadership was meeting every day saying, how does this not only impact their venture, how does it impact day-to-day operations of the 150 or so full-time employees at Oshkosh? Uh, the 240,000 members are 900 chapters uh, throughout the country and around the world. How does this impact it? What, what kind of effect? And as we've all found out, it has had ramifications that none of us expected and really has put us all in a situation where we're doing things in ways that we couldn't even imagine six months ago. Yeah. And when did it go from uh, a what if, like a wait and see to uh, we're going to cancel? What was uh, the time process? Was it uh, obviously those meetings picked up quite a bit, but did they pick up in March when the virus was kind of picking up a lot of steam in the States or was it before that or after that? When did it kind of really go from a what if to like, oh crap, like we're actually probably going to have to cancel this? And and that was a gradual uh, progression. You started going into early March and you started seeing some things. Um, you know, the NBA shutting down, the NCAA basketball tournament um, suddenly canceling. And you went, wow, this is a big effect. Uh, this is affecting large public events. How does it handle? There were a number of large public events here in Wisconsin that we had to look at, Justin. Um, 
For instance, the week before AirVenture this year, the Democratic National Convention was scheduled to be in Milwaukee. Again, people from throughout the country, around the world, coming in mass to one location. And that was something that we looked at that. We looked at some of the major public events throughout the country and in Wisconsin saying, are they moving? What are the considerations? Uh, talking with people who we knew with those organizations, talking with public health officials on the state and national level saying, what are you seeing? So as we went through March, it became more and more evident that this was a serious concern. Uh, first, we saw the Democratic National Convention bump till August. Uh, we saw some of the big events here in Wisconsin move their dates. And then the governor of Wisconsin came out with a safer at home edict in late March and said, you know, we're not going to have workplaces. Only essential employees will be allowed to come to work. Uh, businesses are shutting down, uh, no big gatherings, things like that. Uh, at that point, uh, it became very real, uh, even more so. It became much more than the theoretical because uh, we had to send our staff home. And what Jack Pelton told the membership and told everybody in late March was, we are going to take April and look at all the ramifications, get all the input we can from everybody involved And here at AirVenture in Oshkosh. You, know, you take a look with the community. You take a look at your volunteer corps, uh, talking to the volunteer chairman. And uh, what are you hearing from your volunteers? Um, are are they skeptical of coming to Oshkosh uh, this year? Talking to exhibitors, to airshow pilots, to the FAA, because you know, there's no assurance that FAA would be able to staff the tower uh, for reasons such as if they have people getting sick at the towers and you send people to Oshkosh, well, now you have nobody to backfill at the towers throughout the entire country. And what we saw from airline travel, of course, uh, a lot of the towers are working on pretty minimal hours right now regardless. So as we went through uh, April, more and more of that became rather evident. And so um, Jack had Jack Pelton had set a date of May 15th as a final decision for a number of reasons. Um, a lot of them had to do with when do you start making the big investments of people, of time, of expense to put into the show when you're not quite sure if you'll have a show. And uh, under the Safer at Home order, we also had a situation where we could not bring groups of volunteers in in April and May. We had taken some of the projects for March and April, pushed them forward into May, taken the May projects, pushed them into June uh, to make sure we could get things done. Well, it became evident that even the May projects weren't going to take place as the Safer at Home order was extended through Memorial Day weekend. So that just made it very difficult to bring people on board, to get some of the things done. And then, of course, you, you face the situation where how much investment can you make into the event when you're not sure there's an event? And so looking at all that, uh, Jack discussed it with the EAA board in late April, and they gave him authority to make that decision. And on May 1st, he made that decision and said, uh, we're going to cancel this year instead of looking at the other possibilities, which were to go on as scheduled or try to bump it later on into the year. Was this a Jack-only decision or is this kind of like a, a voting by a board? Did everyone have insight or is this a, a Jack just uh, weighed out the pros and cons on his own and said, hey, I just don't feel comfortable with uh, putting on this event? Yeah, ultimately, the, the board gave Jack that decision. And, and, you know, credit to him. He said, I am the leader of this organization as CEO and chairman. I am going to make this decision with all the input we can get from every single possibility. And, uh, you know, that's what good leaders do. You take in all the input. You take in all the ideas. You look at all the questions. You look at every facet of it. 
But ultimately, to be a leader, you have to make those decisions. That's what leadership is about. So we have to give credit to Jack for that. And he stepped out and said, you know, there's just no way that we can plan. As he made in his statement to members, you know, we look for a sure thing. It's like flying. You know, you say, well, that might not be a Cat 4 thunderstorm. You know, maybe it won't be. You know, we'll just fly that way anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, more than one person has met their demise doing such things. So uh, it's one of those things where you take a look at everything involved in it, um, from those who are flying their airplanes in, uh, international travel, which basically is shut down right now around the world. And we have people from more than 90 countries who came last year. Um, you, know, you account for that, and suddenly that element is missing. Uh, you have some of the, the big people uh, pulling out, like NASA, saying we're not going to any trade shows this summer at all, so an Oshkosh is included among them. Or you have people such as Textron with Cessna and Beechcraft saying we are pulling out of all trade shows this summer. And so those kind of things start to work into the equation, too. So um, a lot of elements to it, but ultimately, can you guarantee the health and safety of the attendees, volunteers, staff, exhibitors, everybody else? And that was the, the real pivot point for the decision. Yeah. And it's really interesting to kind of think of it. So uh, you have to think of it as a brand. You know, you're thinking of EAA, the brand of EAA, the brand of Oshkosh, the brand of AirVenture, the brand of everything. And when you look at it, you look on putting this event, there is uh, maybe there's a hundred outcomes. And the one outcome is everything goes, uh, say Oshkosh 2020 went on, AirVenture 2020 went on and everything went on as normal. Nothing bad happened. That's one possible, plausible outcome out of a hundred and 99 of the other ones are all bad. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was, it was all kind of raked going up, going against you and, and having this, like, how do you make sure you can protect all those people that are coming in? Do you test when they come in? Do you test when they leave? Do you require an antibody test? Like, where does that go with the freedom of having people be able to do, you know, there's just so many things that would have to have been brought up. And then say, uh, you, you already mentioned NASA was pulling out, uh, Textron was pulling out. There are multiple companies that were not just wanting to go to trade shows. And understandably so, that's their right to do that. But then now you're looking at a, a lessened value of AirVenture. You're looking at something that might not be up to what you are expecting to put out or what you want to put out for your brand. And then worst case scenario, you have it, people come and you are the sole reason why there is another outbreak. You know, it's like, that's obviously worst case scenario. And very, very detrimental to, to EAA's brand and, and operation. Yeah, it, it certainly. And when you talk about brand, um, you know, there is a certain standard. It goes back to Paul Poberezny um, when he established the organization back in the 1950s that he maintained high standards and he was a people person. And he, um, you know, he'd like to think that he would have looked at things and said, you know, this is the best for the members. And we've tried to maintain that throughout the years. You know, certainly there are people, and I'm not going to get into the philosophical argument of COVID-19, because certainly there are people on both sides of that argument, and we've heard from them. Uh, but, uh, you know, we were making the best decision we had with the information at the time. Uh, you, you can't let um, emotion get into it. You can't let politics get into it. You can't do any of those things. And so uh, one of the things, and it's interesting that you mention about this, one of the great difficulties, one of the great hurdles was sorting through the information to find out what is real. Because as we all know around this particular topic, uh, there is a lot of information out there. And this is a classic case of information flowing much faster than knowledge. 
And learning that and trying to decipher all of that and some people saying, well, this percentage means that and that percentage means that, uh, you could get yourself into just a, a maelstrom of confusion after a while. So uh, picking through that and finding out what was real, getting that kind of information confirmed, not depending on anecdotes or opinions or, or things like that, really setting down and, and setting what is real here, that was a major factor in making that decision. Yeah, I bet. And it's hard to, it's hard for every, every person in, in the world to kind of separate that. But then when you have the decision to make to cancel such a prominent event based on that information that's out there and how to sift through it to find out what is correct and what is right. Uh, you brought up a little bit that there, there was talks about like what else, not necessarily what else we could do, but what could 2020 look like? Uh, were there any plans to, to go offsite, maybe to go to an airport that has better rules, not better rules, but maybe they have lifted their stay-at-home order. Maybe they have other things going on there. Did you, did you ever think about going somewhere else? Did they ever think about postponing it, postponing it maybe till uh, a little bit later so we had more information? What was going through the thought process? What were the other alternatives other than just canceling it, if you could speak on that? Yeah, on all the options were on the table, certainly. It came down to three major options. Um, it was either go on as scheduled at Oshkosh, uh, delay at Oshkosh until later in the summer, or cancel completely. Uh, discussions about moving the event someplace else, uh, certainly you, know, you, you, you look at every option as when you start off, but uh, it quickly becomes evident you have a lot of logistics difficulties. First of all, even if you can find an airport, that might be able to host it. Uh, Oshkosh is very unique because of the two long runways that don't cross and the ability to use a taxiway as a runway as well. And so you've got three major runways to bring airplanes in at the same time. All those people who have landed in Oshkosh on the orange dot or the green dot know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, you can come in and you can bring a lot of airplanes in when you're the world's busiest airport with that kind of configuration. Not so many airports have that kind of physical setting to set up. And then there's the logistics. Uh, after 50 years, a lot of permanence on the Oshkosh ground. People know where things are. Uh, you've established those buildings, those facilities. It would not be easy to do that. Uh, of course, you've got travel. And with travel, you've got accommodations. Uh, we have a system here in Oshkosh that's worked out very well through the years. Uh, everything from hotels to campgrounds to camping on site to university dormitories to people who rent their homes throughout the entire community and area. Uh, that, how do you set that up someplace else immediately? Not knowing what the travel situation is of having people from many states and many countries coming in, all who have different health orders going on at the same time. So uh, again, all of those things started to play into it. So moving to a different location wouldn't work. As far as delaying it, you have a situation where you only have a finite number of weekends in the summer in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, once you get past uh, August, you know, we're in late July, you get into August, you start thinking about the start of school years, you start thinking about what other events are there. Uh, I mentioned the Democratic National Convention. They had moved into mid-August, the big country music festival, traditionally held in late June. They had moved into the second weekend in August. And you start running out of places where you can put the event, not only for the number of people it brings in, but also the logistics. And that means everything from law enforcement help to uh, things such as you know, you know, porta-potties and all of those other things that become a big part of it. So, um, And the other thing was uh, the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh dorms house thousands of people uh, every single year at AirVenture. And 
as you start pushing into late August, they are getting prepared for the new school year. And so suddenly those dorms are no longer in play. So all of those things start playing into it. And after you get past Labor Day here in Wisconsin, well, the weather can be pretty fickle. And suddenly, you know, I've seen it snow in September and um, usually late September. But it's one of those things you can have 85 degrees one day and 30 and rain the next. And so, you know, even though you have unpredictable weather during your venture week, it's summer weather. <laughs> you know what the, the weather is. It isn't three-season weather all of a sudden. So uh, it's one of those things that that doesn't work. And, of course, you have uh, families that have school years to concern themselves with. You have uh, volunteers who have different schedules. You have air show performers. You have exhibitors. All of those things, it, it makes such a difference. So the onus on just delaying the event uh, quickly became more weighty than the advantage of doing something like that. So that left uh, two options. Go on as scheduled, which we talked about before, what led to that ultimate decision, or cancel, which was the one we ultimately made. Did you take any outside information from like a, a Sun and Fun or other air shows or AOPA fly-ins that they had across the country? Did you kind of talk with them about the reasons why they canceled, or was this kind of just a solely uh, uh, higher-up decision and not really reaching out to much of them? Well, you have communications on a lot of levels on what they're doing, and we certainly watched certainly what, what Sun and Fun had to face. First of all, moving from late March, early April into early May and ultimately canceling. Um, you know, AOPA had already canceled a couple of their fly-ins. And, um, you know, all the people, all of us talked to different people about what's going on. What's interesting is a lot of people called us first and said, what are you doing with AirVenture this year? Um, you know, having the, a primacy position as we've had as far in the aviation community, that means that a lot of people look to us as to, okay, what's the example that Oshkosh is setting, and how do we follow that? Um, Sun and Fun, of course, with their dates, made it very, very difficult to do that. They were swept up in that first wave and really didn't have a lot of choices when it came down to it. Uh, some of the other smaller events were hurt by state-by-state -state situations, and we see that even with something as simple as EAA chapter events. Uh, a lot of them have the stay-at-home orders that have been in effect throughout the entire month of April, making it very difficult to host any kind of gathering of more than a couple of people. So those kind of things come in. So it's um, not only the, the conversation with um, other aviation events, but other events in general. You look at national events, everything from the Kentucky Derby to the Indy 500 to all of those events, that comes to play into it. What is the safety level for every large event how can you look at it and and make a responsible decision down the line? Yeah, it's interesting you bring up those other big events because I feel like it really honestly took the NBA to cancel or postpone the season for the whole world to be like, or not the whole world, let me not say that. Let me say the United States to kind of be like, oh my gosh, this is a big deal. And it almost seems like as soon as the NBA made that decision, it was kind of everyone else kind of took it a little more serious because those big organizations, uh, NBA, they want to make money. That's how they, that's how they, that's kind of what they operate on. They make big, big, big money. And for mm -hmm. them to postpone a season, to cancel a season would be detrimental to them. So I think a lot of people saw that and were very put or just very uh, caught them off guard and maybe made their brain think a little bit differently. Um, I will say, I, I do agree with the decision. I don't know if I'll catch flack with that. I just, 
I don't know how you could control uh, uh, that setting. I don't know how you could prevent the virus from spreading if it did show up. And there is a good chance that someone with how many people you expect at, at 2020 Oshkosh or what you're projecting, there's a good chance that someone was going to come sick or maybe just had the virus, thought they're okay or didn't know. So there's no way you could control that and, and keep it from, and I mean, let's be real, for Oshkosh to work out, people have to be touching airplanes. They have to be touching and communicating and being close with each other and celebrating and just enjoying aviation. And there's really a, no reason real way you could control that. Yeah, you, know, you think about uh, when you come to AirVenture, the people that you meet during the course of the week, I don't care if you're here for one day or you're here for the entire week, uh, the, the people that you intersect with. Um, I always say I have a million heartfelt 30-second conversations with people during AirVenture week because you see old friends all the time. And uh, you know, it, regardless of how you feel about it, you have people who would come here and even if we'd say, make your best decision, you're responsible adults. Okay. You know, we trust you come in and we've seen this in the aviation community. The vast majority of people are incredibly responsible and would take the right step. We all know those certain someones though, who kind of play it right on the edge. And so, you know, how do you account for that and saying we need, we hunt 100% responsibility when you probably won't get 100% responsibility. And uh, there's there's so much about, uh, especially as we went through the process, there's so much about the virus we didn't know, um, the future of large gatherings we didn't know. The uncertainty was one of the most perplexing and sometimes one of the most frustrating things because it's not, you can say, okay, July 7th, it's going to be done and you'll be ready to go because there was there is still no date that you can fix on it. You know, we're starting to see that as you go into the fall events now, things like college football, even college attendance uh, being questioned in some areas. So, you know, those kind of things are all there. And again, regardless of how you feel about the issue, um, those are the realities for large events that the people who make the decisions, whether it's AirVenture or any large event, has to face. You know, we will say at some point, Justin, you know, somebody's got to be first. Somebody's going to have a large event out there. And when that will be and how that will go, um, we'll have to see. Because, you know, I think one thing we've all learned through this is even as the health threat diminishes, uh, the public confidence will be lagging behind that. And at what point does the public confidence come back? And you see a lot of surveys out there and look at a lot of numbers and you know, people, aren't, people aren't quite ready for that yet, uh, for the most part. Some yeah. are, but you know, yeah. a lot of folks aren't. Yeah, they're not ready for for hundreds of thousands of people to commune in one place over a weekend or a week. Uh, I mean, we're not even ready to open restaurants in most states or even go to a movie theater. So yeah, I mean, someone has to be first, like you said, but there's other steps that need to come into place. There's a lot that needs to be settled. And you brought up a good point of the unknown. This is such an unknown. If there was, if someone could could shake a magic eight ball and be like, hey, August uh, 15th, you know, you'd be like, all right, cool. Well, we could do August, the weekend of August 22nd. We could just do a weekend show. Uh, just kind of make it close if you can come come great but you know there, there's not that's not out there that's not possible and it'd be living in a fairyland to expect an organization of the size and an event of the size to operate like that so it just wasn't possible to do that um one thing yeah, i want to oh, mm-hmm. keep going oh okay you know what i was going to mention is certainly you know and one of the things that we're, we're starting to look ahead now as you know hopefully the country starts to come back from this and bounce back from this is, you know, how do we do it as EAA, as we look into the fall? Um, how do you, this summer, perhaps get the museum up and operating again? 
How do you draw people back in? How do you have that aviation community that's so important to all of us uh, when you start talking about that? Um, how do you do that? Are there possibilities in the fall to have smaller events just to, you know, say hi, fly your airplane someplace uh, to do that? Because that's what we all miss, being involved in aviation. Uh, we can certainly run out to the airport and fly by ourselves in most states right now. But it's that uh, communal experience that, that makes aviation so much fun that we get to talk to other aviators out there and look at other airplanes and just get together, uh, whether for it's for breakfast at some airport restaurant or, you know, standing around and doing some hangar flying someplace. You know, those kinds of things are just as much of who we are as aviators as anything else. And how do we start that back up again and get people engaged and so forth so we can not only have that sense of community ourselves, but start to share it with others and saying, you know, this aviation thing, this is pretty fun. You should be involved. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we're in a, we're in a unique place right now where you have that opportunity daily right now, because how many people are online? How many people are on Facebook, Instagram? It might be different than what you would actually want. You want that that person-to-person contact, the, the feeling, the smells, uh, the sights that aviation can bring. But right now, the opportunity that you have in front of you and everyone else has is they have a lot of downtime. They want to watch stuff. They probably want to watch a highlight of 2019's Oshkosh. Or they want to hear from someone up at, uh, at EA and just talk to them and, and hear something about why it's going on. Um, I think also one thing that could be really cool in the future is maybe local states can ease the restrictions. You can have little EAA uh, chapters at, at local airports and they could have uh, an Oshkosh celebration, maybe a smaller in size, a pancake fly-in, whatever it may be, but they could kind of have their own thing. So there are options out there for everyone to kind of enjoy this and just it'll be a little bit different. It'll be a little bit more regional, but it could also be more personable. You can also get to know the, the, the great things that are going on in your community, whether it be aviation, small business, business, whatever it may be. Yeah, and it's really true, Justin. We see it throughout the year when things are um, doing in their regular rhythms as well. You know, some of the chapter fly-ins, the, the fly-ins, uh, the really fun ones, uh, if you're talking about Arlington or Copper State or some of the other ones throughout the entire country that uh, bring a number of chapters together to host something like that over a weekend. Um, you know, really a great time and gives people that you know there there always needs to be an air venture the big kahuna if you want uh for that but there are also the other opportunities might be a sunday pancake breakfast the young eagles rally airport open house uh, a weekend regional fly-in uh, all of those type of things are are so important to our community as well and so we're looking forward to getting those up uh one thing that's been kind of interesting is we've expanded our webinar presence from a couple of weeks to up to four a week and we can take up to a thousand people in the webinars and we've had a number of them uh, max out at that point. And so people are hungry, starving for that kind of information, that kind of community uh, talking about uh, pilot skills, talking about airplane building or restoration, uh, sometimes just talking about, um, you know, fun with airplanes, fun places to fly. And so we discovered that too. I uh, saw a stat just this week that um, we have already in the last three months, have half of the audience, usually it takes us an entire year of webinars to have. And so that gives you some idea of how people want to commune with other aviators and be a part of things. And um, and not just EAA, a lot of places have realized that and are reaching out and said, you know, hey, come join us, at least have something to do. You might go out and fly on your own sometimes, but here's where you can meet with uh, other pilots, other aviators. 
Yeah, and obviously that's going to be determined based on uh, what local ordinances and and communities say. But there is an opportunity for that. Like you said, there, there's an opportunity for webinars, there's an opportunity for social media. So there's the say there'll be no presence over that week. I'm sure is wrong. I'm sure there will be a presence. It's just going to be significantly different. You know, uh, the the <laughs> you might be I attended the uh, Oshkosh 2020 online. <laughs> you know, there might be bumper stickers and T-shirts like that. So it's it's yeah. interesting. <laughs> Yeah, a couple interesting things in that too, Justin. You know, we are working on what will Oshkosh look like that week? What will AirVenture, what will EAA look like that week? As you can imagine, we have gotten a lot of ideas. Um, Many of them have been sent to us from members and pilots and and so forth. So, hey, you guys should do this, whether it's air show highlights, some historic things, uh, working with some of our exhibitors, running forums, whatever it happens to be. And we're sorting through those right now. What can work? What do we have the bandwidth for? Um, what would be most appealing to people out there. And so that's part of it too. Another thing that's kind of fun is um, we've been selling a lot of AirVenture 2020 merchandise to people who said, hey, I want that because I know it's a collector's item. I'm going to wear it on the flight line next year. And so, okay, you know, we've been doing that. And it's been surprising. You know, we, we are really gratified by the support, the enthusiasm for that. Uh, and so it's something that's been um, a positive consequence. Uh, of everything as sad as canceling has been but uh people still want that and they say you know i've had the pin for every year for 27 years and so send me the pin again so we're going to keep selling 2020 merchandise until (laughs) it's out of stock so um you know all the t-shirts that we got in we probably had about half of our t-shirts already here and so we have an opportunity to you know offer those up to people and if they want them you know we're happy to go just as long as uh we still have them in inventory. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would love to have a, an EAA Air Venture 2020 shirt. That's going to be a collector's item. You'll be, you're, you're one day my kid will be like, what's that? I'll be like, oh, this is a year. It never happened. <laughs> be like, well, why do you have a shirt? Funny you should ask. Let me tell you yeah. a story, you know? I'll be like, I walked uphill both ways. Yeah, it's going to be like one of those stories one day. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, it's really cool that the, the still have the merch and sell the merch because this is a part of history. You know, this is something that's going to be looked out on and it's going to say, you know, like you said, the, the countdown starts over uh, 50 consecutive uh, air ventures and this is going to be the first one, you know, so the countdown starts over. This is uh, year zero again. So it's really interesting. Yeah, it, it is. And it, it is. It's, it's fun, Justin, because you, you think about that, you know, a lot of places have, you know, uh, been there, got the T-shirt. Well, you haven't been there and you still got the t-shirt. So it's a, it's a way to go out and uh, kind of enjoy it till have something to chat about uh, when you do that hanger flying once again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the questions I was going to bring up is when we first talked, we talked about the, the economic, um, what, what kind of benefit it provides for the town of Oshkosh, for the city of Oshkosh. What was the response from uh, the local community? You know, the uh, the local, I don't know if it's Airbnb or if it's just however they rent the houses, the uh, the small businesses that feed all those people. What was the response? That's a, that's a huge amount of money that's not going to those places that could provide, uh, uh, they could have upgrades for the upcoming season, just kind of a lot going on there. What was the response? Yeah, you know, a lot of sadness. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, uh, a lot of anticipation before we announced the decision. Uh, we had some People who rent houses said, boy, you know, I, I love having the same people come and rent the house every year, but uh, we're not going to do it this year. And um, or, you know, are, when are you going to decide and so forth? Um, you know, we want to make plans and try to do that. And so that's another thing, too, the time crunch from the people in the community and from the visitors saying, you know, we, we can go with any decision you make. But we we really like to know because a lot of people have to set up vacation time, do those type of things beforehand. So. 
when you talk about the community, um, there, there's so many levels of that. Uh, you know, we're not just talking about the, the restaurants and the hotels and the gas stations, but you're talking about things um, that who might be local contractors, mom and pop shops who might help us or some of the exhibitors with certain contract duties. You might be talking about some of the local retail stores that uh, sell camping equipment and suddenly somebody forgot their tent stakes. Okay, you know, got to go out and buy some tent stakes, things like that. Or you might talk about the high school kid who, for a job, gets a couple hundred bucks um, selling sodas or whatever else it happens to be on the grounds for that week. You know, those type of things uh, all have a factor. And it's part of the, the, the sad economic uh, result of, what this has done throughout the entire country. It's not just the direct spending that A spends to B to B at Air Venture. It's all the things that ripple through the community. You know, it might be a restaurant that said, hey, I can hire some people. I can get those new tables I wanted, things like that because of Air Venture. Uh, you know, those type of things are, are very important as well. Um, but what, what's kind of gratifying in some ways is that um, the local convention and visitors bureau has heard from people that said, Hey, I hope Wisconsin uh, opens up a little bit by late July because we're going to drive up to Oshkosh and spend a couple days in the hotel and go to the restaurants and just support the community because it's late July and we always spend late July in Oshkosh. And so, you know, to hear that is gratifying and I think it's indicative of the enthusiasm and the devotion people have to this event and and what it's become in aviation. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I was just thinking that same thing. It'd be great if we could find a way to, to help support those businesses and to, to, to make sure that they don't, I mean, they're going to feel it no matter what, like no matter what we could do, could never make up for the amount that they have lost throughout coronavirus or even losing uh, 2020 air venture. It's just, I'm sure they count on that for year in and year out to have that income and never thought of a day where they wouldn't have that. So I wonder if there's something that we can all do as a community to help out and make sure that they're there next year and that they can feed us at they can set up chairs, that they can hire high school, whatever it may be that they did to to help affect Oshkosh and something we all hold near and dear to our hearts. I, I wonder if there's something we can all do for all them. Yeah, you know, there certainly are, you know, as you take a look at that, um, as you might do with your local restaurants, wherever you happen to be, um, you know, buying those gift certificates, very appreciative, you know, maybe buy one, buy one or two now and then um, use them when you come to Air Venture 2021. Uh, you know, it helps kind of tide those kind of places over or um, those type of things. Uh, the one thing that is, has developed, you know, there have been some people say, we're flying to Oshkosh regardless in late July. Uh, Want to tell them a few things, first of all, that first of all, you know, EAA is not leasing the grounds. One of the things we do every year is we pay Whitman Regional Airport, which is owned by the county, uh, a fee, a lease fee to have the airport grounds to have the event. Well, since we have no event this year, that's not happening, which means that Whitman Regional becomes the airport it is for 50 weeks a year. And uh, that means that there's there's not going to be any camping on the grounds, things like that. You know, that's closed down. It's operating as a public use airport. And, you know, if people want to fly in and park on the airport ramp or the FBO ramp or the one ramp that we have with one of the hotels here, that's great. But uh, that's as far as it's going to go. They have to consider it as a regular public use airport now if they're coming in, uh, you know, because uh, our campground will not be open this year. Well, you know, people won't be camping there. Uh, the authorities that run the airport will be taking you know, care of that and making sure that people aren't camping alongside the runway like they usually would at Air Venture. So people have to consider that. We really appreciate the enthusiasm, but there is a point where 
there aren't going to be any facilities, any accommodations for them, anything like that. You're not going to find a porta potty anywhere out there. So it's going to be one of those things that, uh, you know, again, we appreciate the enthusiasm, but have to understand that if you do plan to come to Oshkosh in late July with your aircraft, you're going to end up parking on the airport ramp or, or something similar and then staying in a hotel or whatever. And they're just, you know, it's not going to be the same. Those of us who fly in Oshkosh throughout the entire year know what the airport looks like for 11 months a year. And, uh, you know, it's completely different than what people see at AirVenture. So people just have to be ready for that. Yeah, you bring up a great point. And I honestly never even really thought about that. But I could totally see someone being like, oh, I'm going to film a cool little YouTube video coming here and show you what it's like to camp on Oshkosh during Oshkosh. And uh, they're going to land there, they're going to try to camp, and they're going to have a rude awakening of a cop telling them to take down that or worse, being arrested, whatever it may be. But yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time. So don't camp. If you take anything away from this, take that. They didn't want to cancel it. They just had to based on the circumstances. It's not because they wanted to. And don't go camping at Oshkosh during this time. It's just not a good idea. And it seems weird that you'd have to explain that. But uh, like you said, with the virus, you can't protect, you can't control everyone. And there's always a bad egg in, in some kind of group, especially when you get a lot of them. And there could be some people wanting to camp out and, and have some fun when it's not possible. Yeah, it's just not possible this year. And it's kind of sad to say that because that that sense of community is so much of what air venture is. You know, you you park in a row of aircraft or you drive into Camp Scholar and set up camp there and you, you turn to your left and you meet someone and you turn to your right and here are the old friends who've been coming for a decade. And, you know, especially in aircraft camping, you park there and you start talking to somebody and in 15 minutes you have just made a new friend. And pretty soon, you know, you're, you've got fried chicken from the grill and you're, you're just, you know, having a great time, uh, maybe drinking a beer, watching the other guys land uh, reading the landings of the people who come on 927, whatever it happens to be. You know, and then that's that's part of Oshkosh. And that's part of what it is, who we are as aviators and so forth. Uh, you know, you talk about that thing. When you talk about Oshkosh, that's that's what it is. They're, they're all the tangible things that we can talk about between air show and forums and activities and exhibitors. But the intangibles are as strong as Paul Pulverezny said. He said, you know, you come for the airplanes, but then you keep coming back for the people because these people are your friends and, uh, you know, they are your your fellow spirits out there as far as flying is concerned. And that's what makes it so special. What makes it so sad that we can't do that in 2020, but I've had a lot of people say to me already, that, you know, 2021 is going to be epic because everybody's going to come back. I think sometimes when you have something taken away it makes it even more meaningful when you get to return to it. And that's going to be a big part of it next year as well. Agreed. 2021 is going to be epic. And I was going to bring it to one of my last questions. And my next question is uh, what's going in for planning for 2021? Has the planning already started? Is it going to be the same kind of planning that you put in? Or are you going to, is EAA going to try to make it even more special since we missed one? Is it going to try to be a two in one or kind of what's, uh, what's the planning looking like right now? Yeah, can we make it specialer? I guess that's the big question, first of all, Justin. Um, you know, there's some interesting things that have developed. First of all, our facilities guy said, you know, those projects I've been trying to get done for five years but never can get done because there are always people here. I can get them done now, which, you know, it might mean drainage. It might mean, you know, new road surfaces, might mean a building fixed up someplace. So uh, they're working on that right now. The planning for 2021 has already started. Uh, first thing we're thinking of, how many of the activities, how many of the events can we push forward into 2021? It's going to sound a little weird to say we're going to celebrate the 76th anniversary of the end of World War II, but that's a possibility. 
So, you know, you talk about those type of things. Um, many of the people who wanted to be here with special airplanes said, yeah, put me down for 2021. I will be there. And, um, you know, some of the people who were restoring airplanes and suddenly they had businesses such as uh, restoration shops and things closed down on them because of the coronavirus. And they weren't sure they were going to make it to Oshkosh this summer. So, yep, now we can make it. Now we can get back going again. And so those are the things that uh, we're starting to put into the planning process and saying, what will it look like? How can we start that excitement? How can we look forward and say that? Uh, you know, there's still uncertainty in 2021. You know, what will public gatherings look like? Um, we all have to pay attention to that because some of that, uh, I often say about Air Venture, many of the things that control us, we can't control. And that's everything from um, weather to regulations to world events around us. So, you know, those type of things we all have to be cognizant of and look at in, in the future. But as far as we're concerned, the things we can control, you know, we're starting planning right now for 2021. And you're right. We want to make it epic. Yeah, everyone wants it to be epic. And I think no matter what you put out will still be considered epic just because we all want it so bad. So you have that going for you. But yeah, I'm sure there'll be a little extra flair going on to, to 2021 and there'll be an extra pep at everyone's step and everyone can't wait to go up there and, and buy uh, some new uh, Oshkosh swag or to help out that local business in that area. So uh, yeah, 2021 is going to be great. I look forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I, it's unfortunate that we had to cancel this one, but it just seems like it's the necessary decision right now. And as we talked about, there's so many outcomes and only one of them was an okay outcome. The other one were all bad. So it's kind of a, <laughs> a, a great decision to make, but uh, I appreciate you coming on. I think that this is going to uh, provide some value, some insight to what went on other than just getting uh, an email or find out through someone else that EA is canceled. So it's good to hear a voice talk about it. And, uh, and I, I really think this is going to do well. So I appreciate you so much for coming on and I appreciate soon, maybe we can help promo 2021 and make sure we can get that off with a bang. Uh, considering every or hoping that everything will be normal in 2021. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a lot of fun talking with you. It always is, Justin. We'll do it again. And as we get wound up for 2021, one thing I want to tell everybody, a lot of us have been kind of sitting on our duffs and not getting much flying time in. Well, before you come to Oshkosh in 2021, get out there. Get some hours <laughs> in. Make sure those skills are honed. Uh, you've got yourself current. You've got yourself proficient. And uh, we want everybody to fly in safe and get home safe. And uh if we're going to make it epic, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, it's already hard enough to fly to Oshkosh when you're when you're not rusty. So you don't want to come here rusty, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Dick, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it, and I hope you have a good day. Stay safe. Uh, my pleasure. Safe flying to you too. Thank you. Have a good one. Avi Nation, that is a wrap of episode number 114 of the Pilot the Pilot Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It is such a shame that we do not have a 2020 Oshkosh, but it was the right decision. There was just really no real way that we could have it this year. And as unfortunate that is, as Dick mentioned, this was 50 years in a row up until last up until this year. So it's uh, gonna be starting over. We're gonna be starting at year one again, essentially, in that countdown. So uh, it was a very tough decision they had to make, but at the end of the day, it was most likely the right decision, whether you agree with it or not, that's what we have. So now what we can focus on is how we can help the local community, how we can support their shops, how we can support EAA, how we can support just the aviation community and keep it kicking during this time. I know we're all looking forward to Oshkosh 2021, which is going to be a huge party with everyone. We might even get some non-aviation people out there and uh, get a little aviation Coachella out there because it's going to be so much fun. But Aviation, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope everyone is staying safe. And as always, Happy flying.